He is worthy of worship. Amen. Our hearts to mourn. Worthy worship, Lord, you are. Oh. 
And aren't we glad to have Brother Rockney back with us? Amen? All right. We have been praying for you, brother, and so glad to have you back and leading us in worship. And uh, it feels good to have you, have you up here again this morning. Uh, welcome to Brian's for Baptist Church. And praise the Lord for some rain. Amen? The Lord has blessed this morning. And uh, we are going to thank him for all of those blessings that he pours out upon us. And we want to welcome you to Brian's for Baptist Church. Where we're here for one reason, for one purpose. And that is to worship our risen, living Savior, Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. So glad that you're with us. Those of you there on Facebook Live, if you will, let us know you're with us by putting your name there in the comment section. Any prayer requests that you might have, uh, let us know that as well. And we're so glad that you have joined us in worship today. For those of you, this may be your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. We want to welcome you as well. And if you will, take that card that's in front of you in the pew and fill it out and place it in the offering plate that is in the foyer on the table. And it helps us to know of your attendance, but more importantly, how we can minister to you and to your family. Uh, this morning is Mission Dignity Sunday. And uh, you may be wondering what Mission Dignity is. It's an opportunity for us as Southern Baptists to take care of our retired pastors and their widows uh, who served many times at very, very small rural churches and uh, didn't sometimes even get paid for the work that they did for the Lord. Um, but right now, uh, they're in those uh, declining years of their lives and they've got a lot of, of needs and uh, maybe they don't have enough money to meet those needs. And it's us coming around about, about beside them and saying, you know what, we're going to take care of you. Uh, you're, you're one of us. You're one of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. You're one of the, our fellow workers, and we want to take care of you. And this is an opportunity for us to help them in that way. And so Mission Dignity comes alongside them and helps them to pay um, bills that may need to be helped paid, prescriptions that may need to be bought. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful ministry. And so I encourage you to pray about what the Lord might have you to give uh, towards that special offering this Sunday morning. Again, if you want to give, uh, you can do that there in uh, the foyer in the offering plate. Uh, this morning we do have a lot going on. I want to remind you that we do have a very important business meeting tonight following our evening worship service. Uh, here in the month of June, uh, you'll have the opportunity to place names and denomination uh, for our August deacon election. And so be, be in prayer today about some men that you'd like to place in denomination tonight uh, for us to consider. Uh, that we might uh, ask them if they would pray and, and tell us if they'd be willing for their name to be listed in August. And so it's very important you be here tonight so that you can let us know what men you would like to have nominated uh, to be a part of that process. And uh, we're so thankful for those men that help us in that ministry. Also want to remind our youth that we'll be leaving at 9.30 tomorrow morning uh, for Centrifuge. And so uh, be in prayer. We're actually going to have a special prayer time here in just a minute for um, our students and our, and our leaders that are going to be going to Centrifuge in Jackson, Tennessee at Union University. And so um, if you have any questions about uh, what to pack or any of the other things going on tomorrow, uh, Patrick will be in the foyer as we're leaving this morning and you can grab him and he can answer any of your last minute questions that you might have. But we will be leaving at 930 back at the bus garage and uh, looking forward to that week with our students. Also tonight is our lemonade stand for our Montana mission team. And so uh, if you'd like to come after the business meeting, we'll be going out back uh, and uh, they'll have some lemonade and cookies and it's always a nice little time of fellowship, uh, but also an opportunity for our kids to be a part of, of that mission trip as our folks head there to Montana. Also, our senior adult meal is coming up 
on uh, July the 1st, and if you'd help us with desserts and some uh, side items, uh, they're going to be having barbecue, and so you can uh, be a part of that on the 1st. Also, our Celebrate America celebration next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Be inviting folks. It's going to be a, a wonderful time. It's always uh, a, a good service, and I know that you'll want folks to be a part of that in rehearsal this afternoon at 4.30 uh, for our choir. Also, our uh, CSA activity for our kids this Wednesday night will be uh, Frisbee golf, and so they're going to be doing a lot of special stuff back in the backyard behind the bus garage, and so encourage them to be a part of that. And uh, you see all of those other uh, items that pertain to you and to your family. So a lot going on, and I hope that you read the bulletin and you uh, partake of those things that pertain to you and your family. Do have a lot of folks still on our uh, prayer list. Several folks, as you look around, you can tell are out of pocket because of illness right now and certainly want to remember them in prayer and, uh, and lift up all of those physical needs. But most importantly, this morning, we pray for spiritual needs. We pray for the lost. Uh, I praise the Lord for Vacation Bible School this morning. Uh, we had a wonderful week, and the Lord blessed us in a great way. And um, if you are one of our workers for Vacation Bible School, would you please stand? One of our workers? Amen. They did an awesome job. Amen. You can be seated. But before our prayer time, just wanted to let you know a little bit of what took place this week at Vacation Bible School. Uh, we had a total of 59 workers. We had a total of 107 students registered. We had a total enrollment of adults and workers of 166, and on average, 145 folks here every day, um, an average attendance of 89 kids. And so uh, just uh, praise the Lord for that. Uh, served 451 uh, meals throughout the week, uh, a lot of food that was uh, a lot of cheese balls, you know? A lot of cheese balls and a lot of little ham sandwiches, uh, but we praise the Lord. But listen, church, nine salvations this week. Amen? Praise the Lord. Nine salvations. Amen. And uh, you, had, you had deacons leading people to Jesus. I had the opportunity to talk to kids. You had teachers talking to kids. It was an awesome, awesome week. I had folks that took their vacation to be a part of teaching this week. And uh, folks that got done taking their vacation and said, I'm going to do it next year because uh, it was such a blessing. And so thank you for uh, all, all that you've done this week. It was an awesome week. Um, but saying all that to say, let's continue to pray for the lost. Let's continue to pray for boys and girls who need to come to know Jesus. Let's continue to pray for teenagers that need to come to know Jesus. Let's continue to pray for moms and dads and grandparents and, and adults that need to, to know Jesus. More than just our physical needs, the most important need in our life is that spiritual need. And we saw the Lord move in a powerful way this week, and we know he's not done. And so we're going to pray for a, even a harvest this morning as we spend this time together. Worshiping and spending time in God's word as the spirit moves, we expect uh, amazing things to take place. Let's go to the Lord and pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the rain this morning. Thank you for the blessings of the week, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship. And Lord, this week we got to see nine brothers and sisters in Christ come to you. And Lord, because of, of, of your saving grace, Lord, we recognize that we're going to get to spend an eternity with them. And so, Lord, that's something to get excited about as a church. That's something to celebrate as a church. And, Lord, it's why we spend so much time. It's why we spend so much energy. Because that is where you're at work, and we want to join you in it. 
And Lord, this morning we recognize that we do have many on this prayer list, many who are physically sick, many who have been such dedicated hard workers in the work here at Brinesburg, but right now they're, they're just not well. And some of them are in our nursing homes, some of them are in our hospitals, uh, some of them are undergoing very serious treatments right now. And we want to lift them up. We want to thank you for their service. But Lord, we recognize right now they need us to intercede on their behalf. And they need your healing touch. And so, Lord, we pray for that. But most importantly, Lord, this morning we, we want to pray for the lost. We want to pray for those young people, for those middle-aged people, for those older people today who still don't know you as Savior and Lord. For the one who is watching from home this morning who doesn't yet know you but yet they're watching. Maybe they're watching with their spouse. Maybe they're watching with, with one of their kids. But, Lord, they're watching this morning. They're, they're here for a reason. They're hearing the message for a reason because, Lord, you love them, and you want them to have a relationship with you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you might move, that you might work, that you might continue to speak to hearts as only you can. And, Lord, that we might continue to rejoice in souls being saved even this morning. Have your will and have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All our worship to our <clears throat>
summertime here at Brinesburg Baptist Church is such an exciting time um, because we have so many things going on, so many opportunities for us to touch lives and, and, and in very uh, focused ways see weeks where numbers of people come to know Christ. And uh, clearly Vacation Bible School is one of those weeks, uh, but also our mission teams that go out, but also our camps. And our students are going to be leaving tomorrow morning for Centrifuge and in Jackson, Tennessee at Union University. And it seems like every year the Lord moves and we see um, some of our kids come to know Christ. We see kids who, who make uh, decisions to, to uh, serve the Lord, maybe in a full-time way, whatever it may be. But it's an awesome week and the Lord moves in a, in a mighty way. And so uh, we want to pray for them this morning. And so if our leaders and if our students that are going to be going to camp, if you would come down front so we can pray over you this morning. And, uh, and send you off asking the Lord to do a mighty work in your hearts and in your lives throughout our week together. we got some folks coming from the balcony, so we'll wait just a second for them to get down here. But uh, a great group going, and uh, we're looking forward to how the Lord uses this week in these students' lives. So thankful for our leaders that go with us and help us. Um, many times these are the ones who are there. Uh, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night as these students say, hey, I want to talk and, and I want to I maybe have Jesus come into my heart and into my life. And these, these, are the, these are your counselors. These are the ones who will be there working with them and so thankful for them. And so I want to pray over them this morning and you be in prayer for them uh, throughout the week because they're not going to come back till Saturday, so it's going to be a long week, a lot, of, a lot of heat, and we want to ask the Lord to protect them and to speak into their hearts and lives throughout our week together. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for a church that loves young people so much. Lord, thank you for a church that is willing to give a week for Vacation Bible School and, and a week for youth camp and a week for kids camp. And Lord, so thankful for these students. Lord, they are amazing. And many of them worked all week in Vacation Bible School, loving on kids and, and, and serving kids food and and getting the kids to the places they need to be at and, and playing with them during game times. And Lord, now they're getting ready to go to camp and they're getting ready to be fed. They're getting ready to be ministered to. And Lord, I pray that you might speak into their hearts and into their lives in a mighty way during this week. Lord, I know some of them have invited friends who uh, may not yet have a relationship with you. And so Lord, we pray for those that are going to be coming with us that that don't yet know you as Savior and Lord. And we pray that as they spend this week with us, Lord, that you might speak in a powerful way in Lord that we might see them move from spiritual death to spiritual life Lord we pray for these leaders Lord give them energy it's a long week it's, it's long nights sometimes and so Lord I just pray you give them peace and, and patience and an endurance uh, to be there when these students need them and uh, Lord as we spend this week together Lord I pray that you would speak into us as a group and show us the ministries that you would have for the coming year uh, Lord, I, I thank you for a church that prays uh, for their students. And so, Lord, I pray that e each day you might remind them to lift up these students and these workers. And, uh, Lord, I, I, I'm expecting you to move in great and, and marvelous ways to your honor and glory. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you all stand with me together? Let's just worship him. Shout to the Lord, this song says. He's a wonderful Lord. We sing to you with all our praise. Here we go.
Thank you, Patrick and Hannah and Ricky. Thank you for leading us in worship. And we do praise the Lord uh, for the first time here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky in the last 50 years. We have a Sunday morning where every unborn child has the same right to live as you and I. And we praise the Lord for that. Um, but with that, we recognize that we have a great responsibility. We have a great responsibility to now, in an even greater way, uh, support our pregnancy care centers like the Hope Clinic that are taking care of these girls who have unplanned pregnancies and giving them the answers that they need and letting them know that there are church families who will love them through a difficult time in their life where they don't know where to turn. They can turn to the church. They can turn to Jesus. Uh, but also for us to support in an even greater way uh, ministries like Sunrise Children's Services, uh, foster care and adoptive uh, services of, of making sure that every one of these children who are now having the right to live, have a family, is going to be even greater. And to pray for all of our other states who don't yet see um, life as, as precious, as sanctified in the eyes of the Lord. And so um, continuing to pray that the, the fight still goes, but we praise the Lord for, uh, for the answered prayers after 50 years that, uh, that our, our Supreme Court saw fit to say it's not a constitutional right to take the life of the unborn. And so we, we thank the Lord for that. This morning, if you will turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to be looking at verses 22 through 33, looking at blessings while stuck in the storm. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, you are a great and awesome God. And Lord, you have blessed in a tremendous way this week, Lord. Lord, we thank you for nine precious souls that are now saved that are now yours and lord to, th to think that they don't ever have to worry about being lost lord because you have saved them and you have saved them completely the moment that they repented of sin and turned to you uh, you you claim them and they are eternally saved they are eternally uh, in your grasp and we thank you for that lord this morning i know that there are many who may be going through a difficult season of life and i pray that you might touch their hearts through your word this morning. I pray for those who are here and they don't yet know you as Savior and Lord. Lord, we want to see 10, 11, and 12, uh, or even greater this morning, who give their heart and life to you this week. And so, uh, Lord, I know you're not done working, and uh, we, we want to give this hour over to you. I know I'm a very weak vessel. So, Lord, I pray that you would hide me behind the cross, that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All of us uh, are very aware of uh, the fierce reality of storms after what took place here in our own community on December the 10th. We know how the face of a community can change in an instance because of a storm blowing through. We know um, sometimes the fear that can, that can bring. We know the, the, the questioning of where to turn many times when those times come. But here in Matthew chapter 14, in verses 22 through 33, we see in this passage that the disciples of our Lord are trapped in the grip of a fierce storm. They, and they find themselves in that storm, notice, because the Lord commanded them to cross the Sea of Galilee. These men are in the will of the Lord, yes, they're doing what the Lord just called them to do, and yet we see them struggling against the storm. So try as they might, they are unable to make any headway. Verse 24 says the wind was in their faces. These 12 men are stuck in a storm 
that they are unable to get out of of their own power. And so I wonder this morning, as we sit here, have you ever found yourself in that place? Have you ever found yourself in the midst of a fierce storm? Have you ever found yourself stuck in one of life's storms? No matter how hard you try, no matter what you try to do, you could not make headway in that storm. Well, yes, you have, because I know that all of us have been in that place. All of us have have struggled in that way. And it may seem to you like the storm will never end, that there's no possible good that could come from what you're facing. But thankfully, there is some good news. There's some good news here this morning from the Word of God. And while the storms of life are never a pleasant experience in the moment, they do provide They do provide and produce certain benefits in our lives that we would do well to look at closely this morning. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says, Now, no chastising for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So I'd like for us to join the disciples this morning in the midst of this storm and as we do I want to show you that the storms of life have certain blessings hidden in them and while we're stuck there in the midst of the storm that God can bless us I don't know what kind of storm exactly that it is you may be facing today but I know that the Lord has a purpose in allowing that storm to rage in your life perhaps the purpose will become much clearer this morning as we spend this time in God's Word. So please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. And straightway Jesus constraineth his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and he said, Lord, if it it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he caught him, and he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came, and they worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. You may be seated. What an amazing passage of Scripture. Look there at verse 25. As we think about the storms, storms are God's means of transportation. The very thing the disciples feared, the sea, was the very thing the Lord used as the vehicle to reveal himself 
that night unto them. And he'll do the same thing in your life and in mine. Notice how Jesus came to them at night. He comes in the face of darkness. The Bible says that Jesus came to them in the fourth watch. That was sometime between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. During the darkest hours of the night, it was that, at that moment that Jesus came walking on the water. You may be walking in darkness this morning, and you may be wondering where Jesus is. You may be facing some of the darkest days of your life right now. But let me remind you that our God is ever-present with you. Let me remind you that even in the darkest hours of life, that God is still God. And he is still in control of your life, even in the midst of darkness. 1 Kings 8, 12. Then spoke Solomon. The Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. In Psalm 139, 11 and 12. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light unto me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike unto thee. Listen to me. Even in the darkest hours of life, you cannot be hidden from the face of God. He is there. Even when you can't see him, he is there. But also, he comes in the face of disaster. The disciples were literally here in a fight for their lives. Mark 6, 48 says that they were toiling in rowing. That is, they were struggling mightily against this storm, and they weren't winning. I get the impression that these men were literally afraid for their lives. These men who, who knew what it was to be in the midst of storms, these men who made their living on the water, were fearing for their lives. This was no ordinary storm. This wasn't something that just happened every day. This was a fierce storm. And so when they thought all hope was gone and that they were doomed there in that little boat, Jesus came walking on the waves. There are times when we all feel like we have lost the battle with our storm. But remember, just as surely as the Lord is in control of your blessings, he is also just as much in control of your storms. He is a sovereign God over both. So when things look the bleakest, just look around because Jesus is just about to show up. Remember, he may not keep you from going into the storm. He may even direct you into the storm. But he will keep you in the midst of the storm. Again, we go back through scripture in the Old Testament. We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They weren't kept from the furnace. They were sent directly into the furnace. We look at Daniel. He wasn't kept from the lion's den. He was sent directly into the lion's den. We see Noah. He wasn't kept from, from the flood. He was sent directly into the flood, but within the ark and so God did not prevent any of them from going into these storms but he saved them in the midst of the storms he was there with them in the storms and what he did for them he promises that he will continue to do for you and for me today but also he comes on the face of the deep the very thing the disciples feared the raging sea was the very thing that God used as the vehicle to come to them. And what a testimony that is for us this morning. He was not telling them that the storm was not fierce. 
Do you see that? Jesus wasn't saying, oh, you're making too big a deal out of this. No, the storm was fierce. The storm was deadly. He wasn't saying that the, the storm wasn't something that, that, that should be, whoa, okay, this is, this is a big deal right here. But what he was telling them was that he is greater than the storm. You see, he was saying, don't focus on the storm. You focus on me. You focus on who I am. And that's still his word for us this morning. That regardless of what we are facing in life, we're to remember that Jesus is greater. He's greater than whatever storm we may be facing. He's greater than even death itself. There's nothing greater than death to us. And Jesus says he is still greater because he has defeated it. So what do we have to fear? If you will be patient, if you'll wait for him, he will show up right on time, every time. You see, the storm here is used to make Jesus clear to the disciples. For them to gain more insight into who this man named Jesus is. To, them, to give them a greater understanding that this isn't just some great rabbi. This is the very Son of God. It took a storm. It took them fearing for their lives. It took him walking on the waves for them to understand that. The very thing you fear, listen to me. Think about what it may be this morning. The thing that you're fretting over right now. And you, you don't think there's any way that God can bring you through. The very thing that you fear this morning. That will be the vehicle that he will use to show up in your life. Be looking for it. The Apostle Paul tells us, we looked at this last week, 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness." So most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God used the toughest storm of Paul's life, a thorn in the flesh, that he cried out to the Lord, he says, three different times, Lord, take this away from me. This is too intense. But three different times, the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. God used that thorn to show up and to show out in Paul's life. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is don't fear the storms of life. They have been designed by the Lord as a means to bring you closer to him. He planned them, and they are ultimately for your good and for his glory. But secondly, storms are God's means of testing. Storms are God's means of testing. Look at verses 25 through 27. They reveal the Savior. When Jesus did come walking on the water, the disciples did not recognize him. In fact, they thought that he was a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But thank God, Jesus came with a message of peace and of power. He came to them with a word of peace. Be of good cheer. He came to them with a word of power. It is I. And he came to them with a word of potential. Be not afraid. 
The storms of life have the potential to reveal the Savior to us in a way that we may have never considered before. When he comes to us walking on the storms, he gives us the same message of hope that he gave the disciples on that stormy night. So let's start. A message of peace. A message of peace. They were still in the storm when he told them to cheer up. Do you see that? The storm hadn't ended. It wasn't nice, peaceful sailing yet. It was in the midst of that storm when he said, cheer up. And by his power, the Son of God can give us peace in the midst of our storms. That's the peace that he refers to as he writes to the Philippians in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a peace that passes understanding. The world expects for us to be peaceful when everything's fine and good. When, when we're, our finances are good, when our family is good, when our church life is good, they expect for things to be peaceful to us. But it is a peace that passes understanding. When our family's falling apart, when things aren't going so smoothly at work, when things aren't going so smoothly at church, then when we have a peace in the midst of the storm is when Christ is seen in our lives but also a message of power. When Jesus showed up, he became declaring his true identity. Look what he says. It is I. It's an emphatic personal pronoun. It is the same statement that Jesus used when he said, I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. Do you get the picture? Have you ever read the Old Testament? Do you know who he revealed himself to be to Moses and to to Abraham? Do you remember how he spoke of himself, the name that he gave himself? Jesus is coming and he's telling his disciples, guys, it's time to cheer up because Yahweh has shown up. Right here in the midst of their storm, the great I am was standing before them in the flesh. He is saying he has the power of all heaven and earth. And because of that, they can enjoy peace even in the midst of the storm. But also it was a message of potential. Jesus issues a command to his disciples. Be not afraid. This statement literally means you stop fearing and don't you ever fear again. You see, if you can ever get a hold, if you can ever get a grasp, on the fact of who Jesus really is, then you're not going to fear the storm of life. But you don't know the diagnosis that the doctor just gave me. The great I am is here. But you don't know the financial struggle that I'm facing, Brother Brad. The great I am is here. But you don't know what's happened in my marriage. The great I am is here. But you don't know what it's like to have a rebelling child. The great I am is here. If we could get a hold of the fact that Jesus is not just some amazing rabbi who who taught some great things, but that he is God in the flesh, what do we have to fear even in the midst of our storms? The storms of life are a blessing because they reveal the Savior in a brand new way that we didn't see before. But also they refine the saint. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, Peter wanted to join Jesus walking on that water. 
Jesus simply told Peter, come. One word, come. And Peter obeyed. And Peter got to walk on the storm. Jesus used the storm as the means of helping Peter grow in his faith. When the storms of life are howling all around us, if we can get a hold of the truth that Jesus is the master of that storm, then we too can rise above our circumstances and we too will become able to walk on the waves. I realize you're saying, Brother Brad, (laughs) you do realize what happened the next verse. Yes, I get it. I know. Peter's walk didn't last very long. Peter's walk was, 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 was very short-lived. In just a moment, what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. And what happened when he took his eyes off of Jesus? Immediately he began to sink. However, Peter had the good sense to know what was happening. You see, Peter's also the only disciple that had a story. There were 12 disciples in that ship, weren't there? Only one disciple could say he walked on the storm. Only one disciple could say he he was able to walk on the waves that he had feared just moments before. God can use the difficult days to teach us more about himself and to help us grow in the Lord than we can ever learn on the smooth sailing days. He will use the storms to make us more like him. Remember, there were 12, but only the one walked on the storm like Jesus. But also look at verses 30 through 31. They remind the saints... Peter wanted to walk on the water like Jesus. He trusted the Lord enough to step out on the waves. However, he soon took his eyes off of the Lord. And when he did, as always happens when we take our eyes off the Lord, he got himself in some big trouble. But he remembered who was in control. He remembered. He had the good sense to remember who was in control. And he looked to Jesus and he said, Lord, save me. The storms of life serve to remind us of who is in control and who can save me. Like Peter, there are times when we get our eyes off the Lord and we get our eyes on the storm. In fact, I'm afraid all too often that is our go-to response is we get focused on the midst of the storm. And when we do, we are doomed to fail. We're going to trip up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make bad decisions. We need to remember who is in charge of this whole thing. You see, if we successfully navigate the stormy waters of life, we deserve no credit for our ability or for our successes. Because if we are successful, it is because there is one who is greater than us who is holding our hand and who is keeping us on top of the storm. Our success in the storms of life literally hinge upon our being willing to acknowledge that Jesus, not me, that Jesus, not you, is master of that storm. But then lastly, look at verses 32 and 33. Storms are God's means of testimony. They testify of his power. Jesus calmed the storm. He didn't say a thing. He just got at that boat with his disciples and the sea was calmed. One day, he's going to do the same thing in your life. The storm will rage until it has accomplished his purpose, and then he will cause the winds to cease from you. All he is trying to get us to see today is that he is in control of the storm in our life. It isn't me, and it isn't you. 
Jesus is the master of the sea and he's the master of the storm as well. But also, they testify of his person. When Jesus stilled that storm, the disciples knew that they were in the presence, not of a good man, but of Yahweh God. They confessed him and they bowed before him in worship. His power in the storm and over the storm of life testify of who he truly is. They tell us that he is God and that he's in control of all the affairs of life. And when the storms come, they're designed to bring us to the place the disciples found themselves in at the end. On our knees before Jesus in worship. Here is a secret to make the storms much easier and much more bearable for us. Don't wait for the storms to bow into worship. Bow now. While the waves are still threatening your boat, bow now while the winds are still contrary. Don't wait until blue skies are seen to humble yourself before the Lord. Bow now. Nothing reveals your faith in the Lord more than when you are willing to accept his will and his, and his way. When you're willing to love him even when things look worse for you. Even when it looks like the lost are having a heyday and that the saved are in, 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 in the grips of a storm, we continue to love and to serve him, knowing that he has a plan and a purpose. Bow before him. It honors the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to see the blessings in the midst of the storms, isn't it? You're saying, well, Brother Brad, it's easy to say. You're probably not going through a storm right now. I've been through storms. I've been through storms. The only way to make it through the storm is to keep our eyes on the master, to trust the master. Sometimes it's hard to imagine the Lord bringing us anything good out of what we're going through. It seems like it's totally bad. How could the Lord redeem any part of this? I don't know the nature of your storm this morning, but I do know the one who walks on the waves. And I know that it is his will to bring you through. He hears you, and he wants to help you. He knows he might just be waiting for you to recognize who he is and to show up in the midst of your storm. If you need help, if you need help from the wave walker himself, Jesus Christ, this morning, you can cry out to him. If you have a relationship with him, maybe this morning you just need to come to this altar and you just need to bow on your face before him and cry out to him today. But maybe you've never really come into a relationship with him. And today needs to be the day that you repent of your sin. I've been explaining this all week to kids, what the word repent means. Do you know what the word repent means? It means I'm doing my own thing and I'm going this direction. And guess what? I recognize that this is the wrong direction and that God's over here. So I turn away from my way and I begin to come towards God. So if you will admit your sin, if you will repent, if you will turn and, and, and come to him by faith, you shall be saved. If you will confess with your mouth, if you will believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you need to come. Maybe you need to join this church family. Maybe you've been a part of what God's doing here for quite some time, but today's the day you know you need to come. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you know the Lord's calling you to full-time ministry, and you need to let the church know that and pray for you and, and begin that process. I don't know what the Lord's dealing with in your heart today. It's between you and God. But here in just a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to come to the front. If you need someone to talk to you, you come. If you need to pray, you come to the altar. But you be obedient. Do what the Lord has called you to today.
Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for the storms. Lord, I thank you for even the difficult days. Because, Lord, it is in the difficult days that we see you showing up all the greater. Lord, it is in the darkest watch of the night many times that we see your face shining the brightest. And so, Lord, this morning I know I've got some friends who are lost. And maybe they're here today and, and you're touching their heart and you're touching their life. And, and they recognize they're a sinner and they need, they need a relationship with you. I pray they'd come. But I've also got some brothers and sisters who are going through storms. And they just need to bow before you in the midst of the storm and trust you. Lord, I've got some folks here that need to join this church family. Lord, you know what they need to do. Lord, lay it upon their hearts and help them to be obedient today. Lord, this time is yours. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come? Come, every soul, thy sin oppressed. There's mercy. Yeah.